The failure of the Budapest Memorandum is a betrayal of world peace. While countries around the world are trying to create and build nuclear weapons stockpiles, particularly China, Iran, and North Korea, only one country in the history of the world has ever given up their volunteer, excuse me, their nuclear horde and unilaterally denuclearized their military, Ukraine. And former President Bill Clinton, who brokered the deal during the fourth year of his presidency, feels terrible about it. I feel a personal stake because I got Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons, Clinton said in an interview this week with the Irish media company RTE. And none of them believe that Russia would have pulled this stunt if Ukraine still had their weapons. Clinton can be forgiven his naivete. In 1994, Russia had not yet turned into a fascist dictatorship. Boris Yeltsin was president, and Russians and the world were giddy about the possibility of the country becoming a Western-style democracy. The deal Clinton brokered is known as the Budapest Memorandum of 1994, an agreement worked out just three years after the Soviet Union dissolved and Ukraine had again become an independent nation. Through much of that year, the UK, US, and Russia met repeatedly with Ukraine at a venue in Budapest provided and blessed by the UN to try to secure and remove from Ukraine the world's third largest stockpile of nuclear weapons. Ukraine, the largest country in Europe about the size of Texas, had inherited from the old Soviet Union a massive collection of nukes, including almost 2,000 SS-19 and SS-24 intercontinental ballistic missiles in silos scattered from border to border. Between 1991 and 1994, Ukraine owned the, the world's third largest nuclear weapons arsenal. Every one of those thousands of missiles had warheads containing nuclear bombs in the 400 to 550 kiloton range. Each missile's warhead was 27 to 37 times more powerful than the weapons we used to destroy Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This Ukrainian stash of nuclear weapons was six times the size of what China has today, capable of destroying, both because of the missile's range and the size of the warheads, every town and city in the United States with more than 50,000 people. As, Brookings, as the Brookings Institution notes, three times over with warheads left to spare. Most were pre-targeted at the United States, but those missiles and the long-range jets and nuclear bombers Ukraine had as well could just as easily have been repositioned to take out Moscow and every major population center in Russia, or every consequential city in Britain and continental Europe, with plenty of firepower left over. And Ukraine was reluctant to let go of their nukes. As Clinton told the Irish broadcaster, they were afraid to give them up because they thought that's the only thing that protected them from an expansionist Russia. But the U.S., U.K., and Russia, on behalf of the United Nations and the world, really, really wanted those nuclear weapons to be secured. Ukraine was ultimately willing to give them up in a, to advance world peace, particularly after being so traumatized by the meltdown of their Chernobyl nuclear power station in 1986. So they entered the Budapest negotiations with Yeltsin and Clinton in good faith with only three simple demands. First, they wanted an absolute assurance from at least the U.S., U.K., and Russia that their territorial integrity would be both respected by those three nations and defended in the event of an invasion. Second, Ukraine wanted some financial help to safely dig the missiles out of their bunkers and transport them to Russia for decommissioning and destruction. The job would cost more than Ukraine's economy could bear at the time. Third, they still had 15 functioning nuclear reactors operating in Ukraine, a legacy of the Soviet nuclear program, which also provided some materials for those 1900 nukes. 
and the nuclear material in the warheads could be reprocessed into high-quality fuel for Ukraine's power stations. They wanted an equivalent amount of nuclear fuel from the U.S., U.K., and Russia so they could provide themselves with low-cost electricity for a few decades. The three nations negotiating with Ukraine agreed to all the terms. Russia took most of the responsibility for relocating and decommissioning the ICBMs and their nuclear warheads and providing Ukraine with nuclear power station fuel. The U.S. and the U.K. kicked in around $3 billion cash to cover the costs. And all three nations kicked in an additional $3 billion fund to pay for a modern Ukrainian military, promised to never attack Ukraine, and to defend its borders if anybody else did. Ukraine, trusting our word that their borders would never be violated, gave up their nuclear weapons. All of them. We can all see how poorly that memorandum, signed in Budapest on December 5, 1994, has worked out, starting with the Obama administration's failure to defend Ukraine when Russia invaded and took uh, Crimea in 2014. So can children in Ukraine, who are literally dying from Russian missiles and bombs as you read these words. The memorandum doesn't have specific language about exactly how the U.S., U.K., and Russia would protect Ukraine and its borders in the event of an attack, but it was backed up by at least the appearance of the moral force of the United Nations. It does, however, contain language that the Ukrainians were convinced would protect them. In it, the U.S., U.K., and Russia reaffirm, quote, reaffirm their obligation to refrain from the threat or use of force against the territorial integrity or political independence of Ukraine, end quote. The three nations, and by proxy the UN, additionally promised to, quote, refrain from economic coercion, end quote, against Ukraine, and should things break down, to, quote, seek immediate United Nations Security Council action to provide assistance to Ukraine, end quote, if any nation were to initiate a, quote, act of aggression against Ukraine. By 1996, Ukraine was completely denuclearized, weapons-wise, and until 2014 thought they were safe as the country blossomed into a Western Europe-like vibrant, regulated capitalist economy, having twice rejected attempts by political elites to corrupt the government as they built a sturdy middle class in a technologically modern nation. When Russia annexed Crimea back in 2014, Ukraine went before the UN and, citing the Budapest Memorandum, demanded the world act to protect its territory from Russian aggression. As Clinton noted in his interview, when it became convenient for them, President Putin broke it and first took Crimea, and I feel terrible about it because Ukraine is a very important country. End quote. The United States and Europe, not wanting to piss off Putin over what seemed like a small slice of Ukrainian land, passed on doing anything militarily and let Russia get away with the land grab. It was a fateful betrayal, as Bill Clinton pointed out this week. And the Ukrainians know it and are asking the world to acknowledge it. In the past year, President Zelensky has repeatedly referenced the Budapest Memorandum when demanding the world, or at least the U.S. and United Kingdom, keep their agreement to guarantee the integrity of Ukraine's borders. On February 19, 2022, as Russia was, making, was massing troops along the Ukrainian border, President Zelensky told the Munich Security Conference, quote, Since 2014, Ukraine has tried three times to convene consultations with the guarantor states of the Budapest Memorandum, three times without success. Today, Ukraine will do it for the fourth time. I, as president, will do this for the first time. But both Ukraine and I are doing this for the last time. I am initiating consultations in the framework of the Budapest Memorandum. The Minister of Foreign Affairs was commissioned to convene them. If they do not happen again or their results do not guarantee security for our country, 
Ukraine will have every right to believe that the Budapest Memorandum is not working and all the package decisions of 1994 are in doubt, end quote. President Zelensky mentioned it again on March 4, 2022, as the Russian invasion turned into an orgy of slaughter, when he said to the world, quote, All the alliance has managed to do so far is carry 50 tons of diesel fuel for Ukraine through its procurement system, probably so that we can burn the Budapest Memorandum, end quote. The consequences of that betrayal are now echoing across the planet. Our failure to act in 2014 has literally made the world less safe. As the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, a Murdoch-owned publication that had previously supported Trump and his repeated sucking up to Putin, noted in an opinion piece published on February 22nd of last year, quote, Don't be surprised if Japan or South Korea seek their own nuclear deterrent. If Americans want to know why they should care about Ukraine, nuclear proliferation is one reason. Betrayal has consequences, as the world seems destined to learn about the hard way, end quote. On top of that, China is watching how this plays out and must be considering what might be the results of a similar effort to seize Taiwan. The crisis caused by the failure of the Budapest Memorandum today and in 2014 has been terrible for Ukraine and has now damaged Russia by its own hand, both militarily, economically, and in their standing among the nations of the world. It has shaken the world order. As Putin's campaign of murder, rape, and destruction has turned into an attempted genocide, America has both a moral and a legal obligation to defend Ukraine and honor the Budapest Memorandum. If the free world fails in our efforts to support Ukraine's self-defense and honor this agreement signed by the United States, future prospects for peace in the world will be significantly diminished.